think from an energy level, we can learn a lot from this. Like even a walk is a big deal, but we don't celebrate that. Why not? Why not? You have a runner on base. You just had a good at bat. She just had quality at bat. And now she's on first base and you have the rest of the lineup to be able to score her. It's like every let's go was like an opportunity to celebrate what's in front of you so that we can keep going and keep putting our foot on that gas pedal. Hey, I'm Ashley Eagle. Some of you might know me as Ashley Burkhart, and I'm a former D1 and professional softball player who spent a few years coaching in the college game before deciding to put all of my focus into youth softball players and helping them make their dreams and their goals happen for them. It's our job to help them unleash their potential and become the athletes they've always dreamt of. I come from a small city in the Midwest and didn't let that stop me from making my goal of playing D1 softball a reality. No matter where you live, you have the tools to help you thrive, and I am hoping through this podcast to help you get there. On this podcast, you'll learn from Olympians, Hall of Fame coaches, and elite players what their journeys have been like, and you'll also learn from me and my family a bit of our journey through the game. I'm so excited to have you here, so whip out your notebook and let's learn how we can grow in this game together. Welcome to When the Cleats Come Off. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off. I am recording this the day after Oklahoma softball has won their sixth national title, two in a row. It's wild. It is wild. This is the best team. And of course, this is only my opinion, but the best team to ever compete in college softball. All around the board, everybody's good from each one of the people on their coaching staff to their support staff to every single player in the lineup and even even sitting on the bench. They are stacked and loaded with not only talent, but players who absolutely believe in themselves and each other. And it was such a jaw-dropping World Series that I'm literally making an entire episode on the things that Oklahoma softball taught us not only during this postseason, but just throughout this year. And I have a special place in my heart for this team for many reasons. One being JT Gasso used to be my coach at Purdue before he went back to Oklahoma to coach for his mom, uh, with his mom, I should say. And he taught me a ton. So I'm going to teach you some of the things he taught me. And then also after I played professionally, I was kind of looking to see what I wanted to do after that. So he invited me to come down to work one of their summer camps at Oklahoma. And I learned so much. I worked my tail off. It was so hard. It was so hot. But just being around this group of coaching and also the players, and this was directly after they won another national title. It was such a cool environment and I learned so much. And even the camps that I do now, which I'll probably be talking about later, a lot of the things that I do in them is based around how they run their camps at Oklahoma softball, which their camps are run based on how they perform in practices uh, with their team. So it's just a cool dynamic. I absolutely love this team. Another fun fact, Jen Rocha, their pitching coach was my head coach for a season when I played professionally in Dallas. And also one of her assistants, which is the volunteer assistant in Oklahoma is Kristen Zaleski. We called her coach Z back then. She is their volunteer assistant coach. So the ties that I have to this team are 
unreal. And I feel like the perspective that not only we can see from the outside in, I want to give a little perspective of how they run this ship and how we can learn about this championship culture that they've built. And even more specifically, some of the, some of the things that I learned throughout the season that I think we all can learn from. So I'm going to give you 10 things that they've taught us throughout the season. And I know that there's more, but these are some of the 10 big ones that stood out to me. So obviously you guys know, I love talking about offense, hitting and mental game. It's my baby. It's my world. This is what I spend all of my coaching on, but offensively one through nine, their entire, their entire roster was fearless. And if you noticed, they rarely got behind in the count. Rarely did you see players behind in the count. They were aggressive early and I've even said this to my hitters, and I'm starting to rethink this already, that early on in the count, we should go for the pitches that we know we can crush. But I've always thought about it as like, okay, find that one spot and look for it early. But when you look at Oklahoma, they have three of, let's make the strike zone into four quadrants, three of the four quadrants they're looking for. You didn't see them take many pitches at all. Their wheelhouse was the majority of the strike zone. And when it was there, they had the confidence to, to go hard at it. And they found so much success. So from my perspective as a hitting coach, I learned, and also my good friend, Chris Vasami, who's been on this podcast twice, we were talking about this literally this morning and, and mentioning how they are attacking very early. They're attacking good pitches. They rarely swung at bad pitches. And when they did, they owned it and came back and and still stayed level-headed, which is so crazy sometimes to see. But it's just such a different way of, of hitting an approach. So, man, maybe as hitting coaches, we should be telling players to open up the zone, especially early on in the season, like in early on in, in the game, especially like, hey, let's let's learn here. This, this hitting staff, they did such a good job of having, having a large zone that they can hit balls well with. Um, and obviously that comes with tons of training with JT Gasso, which we'll dive into a little bit later. But they're very good in multiple parts of the zone. And, and maybe we should be expanding what we're looking for early on in the count. An attack. And attacking early. Not just swinging to swing. No, swinging with purpose. That's number one for me. Number two. We just went from offense. Now let's talk about defense. Holy smokes. If you watched, especially the final game on both sides of the field, Texas and Oklahoma, their defense was impeccable. The outfield, especially, they were crushing. They were seeing balls and making adjustments on where, where balls were hit. They just reacted well. They went all out. I mean, literally the home run ball, that was taken from the center fielder for Oklahoma. She she robbed it and it changed the entire momentum of the game, it felt like. It was like the game was in Texas's hands for a minute and then that catch was made and then all of a sudden everything clicked for Oklahoma and it was guns blazing the rest of the game. But defense, I just thought on both sides, um, especially Oklahoma, they just did the little things well. And what I've learned from, you know, doing these clinics with them is that they take the little things very seriously, how they're approaching each ground ball, how they're actually getting around it so they can move their momentum shifting towards where their throw is going to be. They make the little things look easy. Let's look back at Texas. They 
probably set a record for the amount of double plays that they've had um, this postseason. They had three last night. Like, it was just unreal how quickly they got rid of the ball and how quickly the transition was at second. And even shout out to first baseman here. I was a first baseman for a lot of my career towards the end. They don't get enough credit. Did you see the stretches that were made? Like they were every little detail was just flawless for the most part. I mean, obviously everybody makes mistakes every once in a while, but it was just so good. And I know Oklahoma, they take their defense so seriously. I was listening to an interview with Patty Gasso uh, after they had won. And she's just like, I love defense. And, And you could tell like if she loves it and she loves working on these mechanics and fundamentals with their athletes, the athletes start to take a lot of pride in it. And then this is what we see. So defense, 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 holy smokes, practice doing the little things well. Don't like, obviously when you practice doing the little things well and you get opportunities to make ESPN plays and practice, go do it. You never know what you can get until you try. So this is where it's like expand. Like I'm sure they didn't practice stealing home runs or diving for balls up the middle every day, but when they had opportunities to do it, they did it. And that's just like an all out mentality that was just so fire. All right. Number three, I kind of mixed two together here, but holy energy. (laughs) Like it was so funny. I was watching the game on the seven innings podcast live uh, I watched the the last two games on there and I just loved how they broke down the entire game. Like shout out to Amanda Scarborough, Danielle Laurie, Maddie Shipman. It was just so cool. The dynamic that they were able to bring to not only watching, but also learning, but they did like a tally for the amount of let's goes they saw Oklahoma do. And it was like in the fifties or sixties, like the amount that they saw during that game. But their energy was just unreal. And I think that was their way of showing how much belief they have in themselves and each other. They played so free and the entire lineup of Oklahoma, like I said, they did not look scared at all. And when they showed up in those moments, they looked like they were ready to attack and Texas kind of looked like they were on it, like on their heels because of the way they presented themselves. And when they did great things, like even a great play in the outfield, they were spinning around saying, let's go, getting excited. It's like every little thing that was done well, they celebrated. And I think from an energy level, we can learn a lot from this. Like even a walk is a big deal, but we don't celebrate that. Why not? Why not? You have a runner on base. You just had a good at bat. She just had quality at bat. And now she's on first base, and you have the rest of the lineups to be able to score her. It's like every let's go was like an opportunity to celebrate what's in front of you so that we can keep going and keep putting our foot on that gas pedal. So man, play free. They taught us a lot about that and play with energy. It's infectious. When one hitter gets a double and is screaming and excited and looking at that next batter, like you're next, like there is something to that that I believe, you know, even though Oklahoma was behind, they still did it and they were able to bring back the momentum towards themselves. And I think energy had a lot to do with it. It was so intense and so awesome. All right, number four, I learned this by watching Seven Innings Podcast. Erin Miller, former national champion at Oklahoma. She also is an ESPN analyst. She came on and was talking during game one of this series about how Patty Gasso is very, she runs a very tight ship. 
and she actually takes away their phones. I don't know specifically when or how, but I'm guessing maybe the night before a game or the morning of, um, she takes away their phones because she understands that social media can be detrimental at times and being able to take away any distractions or any any shifts of where mindset could go i mean think about it like when somebody says a negative comment 100 people could say great things about you but if one person says something negative it really shifts how you think about yourself and she just takes away that distraction in total and she takes away their phones um i don't know if anybody else caught that on the podcast on the 7 innings podcast live but That was a big takeaway for me. And I think there's something that we can learn from that. And I know these are players who have like millions of fans and they have more people saying negative things. And and a a travel ball player is probably not going to get, sorry about my dog, is probably not going to get hate on the internet because it's travel ball, it's young, whatever. But there's something to taking away distractions that can that can shift your mindset from being focused on the task at hand, which is winning a national championship, making that the entire focus and taking away distractions, keeping your athletes only thinking about what's in front of them and not taking away from that. So maybe it's take away your athletes' phones if you have a doubleheader or back-to-back games no phones in between the game, or maybe restrict to after games, hanging out with the team instead of being on your phones or whatever. There's literally anything that you can do with this. But I think there's a lot we can learn with taking away distractions and making sure all athletes' eyes are on the work in front of them that they're about to do. All right, number five, we're already almost halfway there, geez. They practice pressure in practice. So this was the same interview where I listened to Patty Gasso after she had won. And she talks about how literally they are consistently and probably constantly working on pressure situations in practice so that games can feel more easy. So a lot of people wonder why athletes practice well and don't play well. A lot of it has to do with, well, if you're practicing but not practicing with pressure, it's not really going to feed into the game. But if you are consistently adding pressure to your practice, you'll start seeing yourself become more confident in pressure situations in games. They will, there will be less pressure naturally when you do that. And I'm going to refer back to a podcast I did in December of 2021, 10 Hitting Challenges. I basically share 10 Hitting Challenges that I do with my athletes at the end of every single time I work with an athlete. And they're just a few examples. Honestly, I'm coming up with different challenges I can give my athletes all the time. So this is just like a ballpark list in case you're wondering of how to add more pressure to your practices. These are just a few things that I've done with my athletes, but you can literally come up with anything. One of my favorite challenges I would do at practice when I played outfield was our coach would put a tee at home plate and putting the ball on the tee exactly where you would want your catcher to catch it. And our job was to try to hit it. We would practice one bounces. We would practice darts, like trying to hit, throw a line drive into the ball. And the first person to knock it off, like didn't have to pick up any balls afterwards. It's not like a huge discipline, whatever afterwards. Like there's, there's nothing on the line. Sometimes there's a lot on the line. Sometimes there's burpees on the line. Sometimes there's uh, running around doing poles, like 
there should be some pressure that they don't want to do. It's funny when I work with athletes in the cage and I say, all right, we're going to hit two line drives in a row. If you don't do it, you have five burpees and then we get back at it. And as soon as I say burpees, a lot of athletes' eyes open up and they're like, oh, I hate burpees. I'm like, yeah, so get the job done. And as soon as you say it, they get the job done and they're like, whoa. And it's it's a way of getting your athletes from working and going through the motions to, oh, now my heart rate's up and I have to apply, I have to do something with applied pressure. So uh, that's just an episode that I encourage, if you haven't listened to yet, maybe go back to, um, to start adding more pressure into your practice. But if Patty Gasso's doing it, I think we should do that. I have a short little story for you. I know I'm interrupting one of the best podcast episodes we've done yet about Oklahoma softball, but little story. So back when I finished playing professionally and I had a few people that I was doing lessons with and I really truly did not know what I wanted to do the rest of my life. JT Gasso invited me to work some clinics in Oklahoma and I was like, you know what? I'm probably going to end up having to spend more to get there, but yes, I'm doing it. It was such a mind-blowing experience. I had not learned what a championship culture was until I was there, even though I just watched them win a Women's College World Series. I didn't realize how much of fundamentals they emphasize everywhere they go. The camp, it just seemed so simple. Like what they were working on were very simple things, but it was all fundamentals and making sure you're a master at it. It was so beautiful to watch. It was so amazing. And also like getting to learn from the minds that work with some of the best hitters and players in the country. It was just such a cool experience. And and honestly, I think that was one of the huge catapults for me to want to build Ashley Burkhart training and help athletes unleash their potential, get really good at the little things and master their mindset and their confidence. And now I run camps. I do camps like all over the country. I've gone to California, I've been in Texas, I've done clinics in Nebraska. And I'm going to start amping, amping up and doing more clinics. I'm trying to do about six a year now. Um, and we have a few coming up here soon in St. Louis and Nebraska, again, because I loved it so much in Nebraska. But I just can't wait for these. And I want to come to a place near you and teach you all these amazing things that I've learned about the game, um, not only from a playing perspective, from a coaching perspective as well, and learning from people like Patty Gasso and JT Gasso. It's just unreal how much I want to share with you. So check out our website, www.ashleybtraining.com. Click on the bookmark up top about where we're coming next. Um, Hopefully we're coming close to you. And if we aren't coming close to you, reach out to me. There is a link inside the website to where you can reach out and request a clinic in your area. I prefer indoors, but we can totally make outdoor work. But I would love to coach you and I would love to come to your part of the country and teach you some of the things I know. So head to www.ashleyvtraining.com or check out the link in the show notes to see when or where we could work together. All right, let's head back to this episode all about Oklahoma softball. All right, let's go to number six. So I heard... I'm just referring everything to Patty Gasso, but Patty Gasso said this about Jocelyn Allo. Finally, we're talking about Jocelyn Allo. She is the greatest to do what she does. It's ironic that two of the best hitters to ever leave this game both went to Oklahoma, Patty Gasso, and this coaching staff is probably a huge reason for it. But she said this quote about Jocelyn. She said, when Jocelyn Allo see, or says something she's going to do, she does it always. I'm going to say it again. When Jocelyn Allo says she's going to do something, she does it 
always. It's an accountability thing. And clearly, Jocelyn has learned this from maybe former coaches or her parents. But think about this. When you say you're going to do something, do you always do it? I'm looking back at myself right now and I all the time say I'm going to do something and I completely forget and I don't do it. And my success has everything to do with that. And I'm saying lack of success in a lot of areas that I don't show up, but it's the things where I show up and I say, I'm going to do something and I always do it. And I put in the work and I'm consistent about it. That's when I find success. So maybe do a little self-reflection here. I learned through this statement that the reason why Jocelyn Allo is good is because she consistently does the things she says she's going to do and does the things that her coaches says she should do. I guarantee you she doesn't complain when she has to go put in work on the rise ball. No, it's a way for her to get better. And that's something that we can learn from. And let's talk about this too, kind of referring a little bit back to offense and number one that we mentioned. Do you remember her taking many strikes? I don't. I remember vividly seeing a strike that was maybe a little low and out that she took yesterday. And I was so surprised. I was like, whoa, she didn't go for that. And I was taken back because she really didn't, she, she rarely missed any strikes and she, she didn't really take many strikes either. She's someone who knows what she wants and she does whatever it takes to get the job done. So as a hitter, knowing what you want and saying out loud what you want and seeing the manifestation happen is what will allow you to be successful. Reminds me of Babe Ruth who I'm arguably saying Jocelyn Elo is compared to him. Absolutely. She might even be better. But I guarantee you, like when Babe Ruth would put up his bat and say, I'm going to hit it right there. It's like this manifestation of, I'm going to make sure I, I do the thing that I say I'm going to do. Jocelyn Elo is so good that she probably said, I'm going to hit it to left center over the fence. And she does it. And she goes for pitches that allows her to do that. Just amazing. It's just amazing. And she has two strikes. You can tell She's focusing on being a little bit more short. In a situation, I looked at this, and it was just like game one of their series against Texas. And she had two strikes, and you could kind of like tell she was making sure she was going to make contact. Like good contact was like what she wanted because she wasn't taking these big swings that she normally takes where it goes over the fence. It was just short, compact, barrel to the ball, line drive up the middle with two strikes. And I was like, whoa, like she probably shifted her mindset with having two strikes to staying shorter and she did it. So as hitters, we can definitely, defenders, pitchers, catchers, anybody, if we call our shot and tell ourselves what we are going to do, we are going to put ourselves in a position to do it majority of the time. Doesn't mean you're always going to find success. Doesn't mean you're always going to get a hit. Doesn't mean you're always going to make that exact play, but you're preparing your mindset, your mind to do the thing. And that statement alone, when Jocelyn Ello says she's going to do something, she does it. (laughs) And I think that comes from mindset a ton. All right. Number seven, this is something that I noticed with Oklahoma that really nobody else does that that I've seen Uh, as a holistic team. I've seen individual players do this, but as a holistic team, from head to toe, they all talk about their faith and I'm not saying that you have to believe in God or anything, whether you believe in a God or not. I think a powerful moment here is this team plays more free than anyone. And I think having that outspoken faith allows them to 
think and play a little differently. I feel like they trust more. They trust the process. They play free. They, they give themselves less pressure. And, I, and I'm going back to situations in my game where I just felt like I was, you know, like I, I wasn't adding a ton of pressure to myself. It wasn't like I have to get a hit here. I need to get a hit here. I have to show up. It was more of, yeah, life's bigger. Like there's there's other things that are bigger than this moment. So just be in the moment. Just be here. Just enjoy this process and live it up as best as you can. It kind of like adds or takes away some pressure potentially off your shoulders and realize bigger picture. And I think for them, that's their bigger picture. Their faith is their bigger picture where a lot of players, they live and die on the moment that's in front of them. Oh my gosh, I have to get this hit right now or I'm going to hear about it later in the car or I have to hit this home run to prove to somebody that I'm good. Like, no, like they weren't trying to prove anything. They were just showing up and being in the moment and just trusting that everything is going to work out the way it's supposed to work out. There's just something to that. And again, you don't have to believe in God, uh, but I think that seeing the bigger picture allows you to play more free. All right, number eight. Jeez, we are going through these quickly. Jordy Wall. Let's talk about Jordy Wall. She was such a fierce competitor all season. And crazy enough in postseason, she hurt herself. She got injured and she didn't play like really throughout like the entire Women's College World Series until the very end, which is, it's kind of sad when you think about it. But remember, Jordy's a freshman. She's a freshman that did things that probably she and the coaching staff, well, I don't know if she did, but the coaching staff was probably like, heck yeah. Like we didn't expect her to come out and do what she did. But she freaking did it. And she rode that train as long as she could. And she got injured. And her mindset when she was interviewed after the games and after they had won the World Series, she was just grateful. She was just grateful to get some time to pitch. It wasn't like a, woe is me. Like, I wish I would have had more time. I wish I would have been healed. But no, she she literally, Patty Castle said she was at 60% when she threw in that final game. And Jordy was just grateful. You know, she got some time in the circle and then another pitcher came in, got time in the circle, did great. And then like basically their entire pitching staff, three pitchers came in in that last game and they all got to perform in the final game to where they won a national championship. And she was just grateful to be there. And I think there's something to that. Like just be grateful for every opportunity you have. Jordy probably wishes she could have pitched the entire postseason, but she wasn't able to. She was injured. She needed to take care of herself. And she trusted that her pitchers behind her would have her back. They didn't struggle this postseason. You know, even though Jordy Ball was arguably the best pitcher on that staff this entire season, the offense had her back. And every other pitcher had her back as well. And it was just amazing to see a senior be able to finish that game that really wasn't one of the best pitchers on the team, but she was able to close out the game because of the situation. So it's just it's just powerful, especially for those athletes that may be injured right now and not playing as much as they want. Just remember bigger picture. Like this gives another person on your team time to shine. And we're a team and it takes an entire team to win our championship. It takes an entire team to win a World Series. So make it less about you and more about the people around you and be grateful for every opportunity that you have and make the most of it. 
Jordy Ball had 60% of herself, arguably, but she gave 100% of that 60. And I think we can all learn from that. Go Jordy Ball. I cannot wait to see what she does the rest of her three years of competition she has. All right, final two. Number nine, JT Gasso. Gosh darn it, I love this man. I cannot say enough about him. Like I said at the beginning, he was my coach at Purdue. He actually wasn't my hitting coach, believe it or not, but he was one of my coaches and I have so much respect for him, his family, everybody. He's just so great. He was actually my first interview on the podcast, crazy enough, in 2020. So if you want to go check it out, you can learn a lot about the offense that that he works with from what he works on them in the fall and how they work in season and what he teaches them, what he coaches them. Some of the things that I learned a ton from was quality at bats. So did you know there's more ways to have a quality at bat than a non-quality at bat? I know most people say, no, that's not true. There's more failure than there is success. Well, yeah, that's just how stats work. But you can have the hard line drive right to the pitcher and she catches it and you're out, but you can still have quality at bat there because you hit a hard line drive. You hit the ball hard. Um, so he taught me a lot about the perspective of just look for quality, quality contact, quality at bat. That's all we're looking for. Quality can be found in a walk. Quality can be found in a sack fly, in an RBI, whether it was a good hit or not. Like quality is everywhere. We just need to look for it. And he taught me a lot about that. We talk a little bit about that in the episode as well with JT. I'll make sure to tag it in the show notes so you can listen to it. He also preaches a lot about process and not result. So a lot of hitters, they get stuck focusing on just the result that they want to get, right? I have to get this hit right there. And there's a difference between what we were saying about Jocelyn Alo, like calling her shot versus putting that pressure on yourself that you have to put it in this specific place and get this specific result. We cannot, we do not have control over whether we get a hit. Let me repeat that. We do not have control over whether we get a hit. So with that, Stop trying to tell yourself you have to get a hit and just focus on quality. Focus on the process. Focus on just hitting the ball hard. You'll likely find yourself more successful than unsuccessful. And remember, quality doesn't mean you get a hit, but success is still in that home run that that chick hit that somebody robbed. That's still quality at bat, you know, even though you didn't, you weren't safe and you didn't get the RBI. Quality is everywhere if we look for it. Go listen to that episode with JT Gasso if you have not found it or if you if you have not listened to it yet. It's it was by far one of the coolest interviews I've done and I'm grateful that he was my first ever guest. All right, number 10, the queen herself, Patty Gasso. Let's talk about her. I do not see a coach that pours into her athletes as much as Patty. There are many coaches out there that do. Um, but when it comes to the culture of the program, she pours into her players and her players therefore pour back into her. She doesn't ask for it, but they truly know. And again, I was literally behind the scenes. I learned this. They truly know that Patty Gasso loves them and they play really, really hard for her, man. They obviously they're some of them probably when they're freshmen, they're scared, like don't piss off coach, whatever. But you can see that they truly have this mindset of, I want to play hard for my team and my team includes my coach. And as a holistic unit, they work so well together. And I think it starts with the core foundation of this. Patty Gasso and her coaching staff, they absolutely love their team. 
They love their players. And therefore, because they love them and their players know they love them, their players are able to be pushed and work hard. This team works incredibly hard, especially on the fundamentals. They work their tail off. Every single practice that they have, their t-shirts are just like completely drenched in sweat because they work hard. But that's the part that I think coaches, they don't have both. Some, not all. They don't have the outpouring love they have for their team and then they can still work them hard and the team loves working hard. To create a team that loves working hard, you have to build their trust first. You have to have their trust. We talk about this with Kevin DeShazo a few weeks ago on the podcast about how if you don't have trust, you can't lead anyone. Patty Gasso has tons of trust from her team. Therefore, she can lead them and tell that team to run through a brick wall and they would do it. That's where it comes from. I'll put Kevin DeShazo's episode in the podcast show notes as well. But that's the tight ship that she runs. And she is able to run the tight ship and that team buy into everything that she says because she has the utmost trust from her team. And her team has the utmost trust in her. And she is building incredible, not only athletes, but females in the game. And it is so cool. I need to get her on the podcast. I am going to text JT as soon as this is done. And I am going to Maybe I should wait a day or two, (laughs) but I would love to get her on the podcast. Even if it's for 15 minutes, I will soak up that 15 minutes so much. Man, we can learn so much from this team. Wow. Legendary. Legendary. This team is so good that if I didn't do an episode all about them, I would be doing this podcast injustice. But what I would actually love to know from you listening is which of these 10 stands out to you the most. Or what did I miss? (laughs) What did I miss? I mean, again, there's so many more things that I'm sure we learned from them. This postseason and this entire season of 20, what year are we in? Is it 2021 or two? (laughs) Jeez, time is flying. But in all reality, this team is nuts. Like they have done things that no other team has done. They deserve this spotlight. They deserve players like, Jocelyn L.O., who just blow us away with not only how she plays, but how she carries herself. There's a lot we can learn from them. So let me know on social media. Tag me at Ashley B. Training on Instagram, at Smashley underscore four on Twitter. I would love to see what stood out to you the most from this team, just because there's so much. There's so much that we can learn from them. All right, friends, if you enjoyed this episode, please do me a huge favor and share this with your team or your tribe so that we can get this podcast out there. The more shares that we have, the more people who write reviews of the podcast or just leave a review of the podcast, the more people will listen to this podcast. And the more people that listen, the bigger guests we can get on the show, like Miss Mrs. Patty Gasso herself. I have so many I want to get on the show. So please, if you love this podcast, share it with a friend. I appreciate you, Mucho. And I will see you guys next week. Oh, don't forget. Stay humble, stay awkward, keep smiling, and keep working towards those goals of yours. My gosh, I almost forgot the most important part. (laughs) See you later. Bye.